Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. I am happy. I am glad to be in church. It's been a, a big five weeks for me. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, I am the pastor of this church. And if you'd been here over the last five weeks, you'd probably question that. I'm not the guest speaker this morning. Uh, I, I've, I've, I had a few health issues, so I had to stop building. And in having to stop building, I had to travel a little bit and speak on some speaking circuits. And, uh, but I'm back and I'm glad to be back, and I just wanted to give, give a, a praise report and just brag on God a little bit, because in the last month, I was in Sydney speaking at a church, and then I was at Katoomba speaking at a youth camp. You don't know how old you are until you're at 43, you go to a youth camp, where, where kids, 42, 43 in a few days, but anyway, um, kids are running around on the roof of your uh, accommodation at three in the morning, and you say, just breathe, just breathe, just breathe, just relax, it's all over in a few days. Uh, and anyway, uh, and then I was in San Diego, and then I was down, uh, then I was in San Diego, then I was in Adelaide, then I was in New Zealand. So I think that was a total of like 20 services. But in those 20 services, and this is what I want to brag on God, I saw 71 first time decisions for Christ to accept Him into this world. I, we saw great healings, some amazing deliverance. And uh, just one of the stories, I got a word of knowledge while I was in San Diego about somebody that had excruciating pain through the entirety of their body. And usually I get it a bit more specific. There's somebody here with, with teeth, feet, whatever it is like that. And I just felt there was somebody there with, with really bad pain throughout their entire body. So I, it was a very big meeting and I gave that, that word and a, a young guy kind of stood up and he walked forward. Uh, and I try and locate people. I try and find points of commonality so that, because that unlocks people and then they can receive. I said, what's your name? And he says, Francisco. I said, well, we're brothers, and he's, he was Mexican. He's looking at me like, what are you talking about? I said, well, my second name is Francis, uh, and, and that was my, my, oh, good on you, Liz. <laughs> my wife's paying me out from the front row. Uh, my grandfather's name was Frank. He died before I was born. We were Catholics at the time, and St. Francis was, was big in my dad's world, so I was Christian Francis, and then my Catholic confirmation name was Christian Francis Jared Thomas McCudden. So everybody calls me Chichi now, which is fantastic. Uh, but I called this guy forward and I said, what happened? Or actually, I didn't say that. I said, let me pray for you. God's going to heal you. And he lifted his hands and I prayed for him and he, and he went out under the power of God and I stood him back up and I said, what happened? And he just stared at me. And I said, what happened? And he stared at me. And then I'm thinking, maybe he can only speak Spanish or whatever and he's not understanding English. So I said, what happened, Francisco? And he said, I was on a holiday with my family in Puerto Rico. I fell off a 30-meter wall onto concrete. He landed on concrete. He broke and busted all of his feet, his ankles, up his legs. His sternum came out of his chest. He couldn't feel his left arm. Uh, everything had compacted in his spine from his, his neck down. He was literally in pain. And so I was trying to gauge this. I said, out of 10, what would your pain level be? He said, out of 10, it's 10. 24-7. I'm like, and he goes, they give me medication, they give me treatment, they give me every, every, everything you can think to do, the doctors have done. They've, they've spent hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars through insurance money to try and get this kid right. And he said, 24-7, I'm in 10 out of 10 pain. I don't sleep, I don't live, I just exist. And I said, what, what, what is it now? And then he just looked at me again. I said, I said Francisco, what is it now? And tears just started rolling down his face. He said, there is no pain in my entire body. And I just, I just say that just, just to brag on God. 
I, I got no special tricks, I got no training, but I do have a God who works miracles, who today heals, who is the same yesterday, today and forever. I might have seen that 50 times over the course of the last month in different meetings we've been in. So I just want to thank you for allowing me to do what I had to do this month. It will not be like that again. It will be the occasional trip here or there. But God is good and he's building his church. And through the last month, I realized God wants to touch people's worlds. God wants to set people free. God wants people in peace. And that led me to the thought about this morning, and, and we're in our Managing Mindsets Month. Uh, and, and the title of my message this morning is, Do You Believe What You Believe? Do you believe what you believe? Because sometimes I think we convince ourselves that we believe what we say we believe, but we don't necessarily believe it. I'll, I'll get there in a minute. You know, somebody comes up to you and says, How are you? So I am wonderfully well and blessed and highly favoured of the Lord. But do you believe that? Because if you are wonderfully well and blessed, that looks like something. That I live a certain way because I am wonderfully well and blessed and highly favoured of the Lord. We get good at our cliched Christianese and, declare, and, and keeping up appearances and putting on fronts and wearing masks in life, but God doesn't want you to wear a mask. God wants you to be you and to enjoy being you. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. There's a saying that most men die when they're 30 and we bury them when they're 80 because they start existing and they stop living. God didn't put you on this planet to exist. He didn't put you on this planet to, to, to suck air into your lungs and, and, and go through a, a routine and, and live a Groundhog Day kind of life. This isn't as good as it gets. Tomorrow's going to be better than today. Tomorrow's assured. There's, we have hope for the future because of God and what he did at the cross. And with those thoughts in mind, I, I want to speak into this this morning because what I want to do at the end of this service, I want us to take captive some thoughts that are holding us bound into patterns and rhythms of life and cast those things down. Matthew 11 says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That is a promise for your life. You can hold on to that and say, thank you very much. That's how I'm going to live. I'm coming. The Bible says, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So over the course of the next 30 minutes, 25 minutes, I want you to think about the, the thing that is greatly distressing you in life. We've all got something. We all carry something. We all walk through something. What is the thing that you're carrying right now that is causing you to lose sleep at night? What is the thing that's causing you to go to fear uh, when you think about it? What's the thing that's giving you cold sweats and chills? Because we're going to cast that thing down at the end of this service, and we're going to accept all that God has for us. Amen? Come on, let's put our hands there. I need you to help me. I've been preaching to Mexicans, and they're loud. I've been preaching to Americans, they're loud. I don't need you to be loud. I just need you to be with me this morning and, and pull this out of me. Uh, in Romans 12, starting in verse 2, it says this. Do not conform to the pattern in this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. God's will for your life is perfect. God's plans for your life are for your blessing and your prosperity and your peace and your joy. It doesn't mean every circumstance will be good, but it means that you can stay in a state of peace regardless of what your circumstances are. And as I'm reading this, 
To conform means to behave according to socially acceptable conventions or standards. As Christians, as believers in Christ, we are not called to conform to societal standards. We're not called to conform to the ways of the world. The Bible says we're in the world, but not of the world. I don't have to live according to what the world says is a normal standard. I can live and I can set a higher standard. I can live with a higher thought pattern. I can live beyond what everybody else accepts because God's promises are true and faithful. He cannot lie. Come on, let's put our hands together one more time. Transform means to change in condition, nature, character, to convert. To change in condition, nature, character, or convert. We're all born with a broken, sinful nature. But God says, I'm going to bridge the, I'm going to do what you couldn't do. I'm going to span the expanse. I'm going to span the gap between righteousness and sinfulness, and I'm going to declare you righteous in Christ. I'm going to declare you made whole. I'm going to declare you redeemed, sanctified, glorified. I'm going to call you the called out ones who are lifted up to live at a higher standard. That's who we are. We are transformed, but in Christ, not in our own strength, not in our own intellect, not in what I can earn or do. I'm transformed because of God's goodness. So my declaration over us today is we are transformed. We are the righteousness of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We're above and not beneath. We, we walk in victory, not in defeat, not because of what we've done, but because of what was done on the cross. And, and I love this because it says, do not conform, but rather be transformed. How? Through the renewing of your mind. Not learnt practices, not, but through your mind. The greatest discipline, the greatest asset uh, in your life, the greatest weapon you have in life is a disciplined mind. So I want to talk to you today about not letting certain thoughts, not letting certain societal norms get into your brain and convince you, because we're all being programmed every day as to what we should believe and what should be acceptable and how we should do life. But God, again, calls us to a higher standard of living. Amen? And uh, you only have to turn the telly on for two seconds to see some atrocity or some tragedy or something locally, nationally, internationally, like every single day we are bombarded with these thoughts. And then through the thoughts, then I get waves of emotion and I start feeling things and then I start acting out of what I'm feeling based on what I'm seeing and it's not all real. I'm reading these articles about at the moment about fake news and, and propaganda where, where these media outlets can just take a hold of a story based on how they want a people group to feel, you know, spread these lies, and, and then that's the way a society starts to act and behave. We are, again, not those people. We live at a higher standard. The Bible says that those that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. They rise up on wings as eagles. What is that? They get a different perspective of life, future. They, what, what they can do, what they can be, we don't have to be held down or suppressed in life. And what I like here is uh, Paul's saying that we don't have to conform to the world's way of thinking, but we can allow ourselves to be transformed. You can't do the transformation. God does the transformation. But we have to allow ourselves to have God's hand come upon us so that we can be transformed in Him. And I was thinking about this this morning, that our minds get old. Like, like crazy thought, but our minds get old. When I get fed enough stuff, I stop fighting the stuff I get fed and I just start to believe what I've been told because I'm bombarded with it. And it's, it's easier to acquiesce and flow with what's coming at me than it is to push back and say, no, that's not right. No, that's not the norm. We, we, we know everything that's going on in society. What was, what was acceptable in the 60s is now not acceptable. 
what you could say back then you can't say now because we have to be PC. But uh, I was thinking that the, to renew a thing is to bring it back to its original or intended state. God created us a certain way. It says in the beginning, God created. He said, let us make man in our image. In the image of God, he created the male and female, he created them. God created us a certain way to think a certain way. What does he say? I've, I've given you everything you need for, for joy in life and fulfillment. Go and have dominion. You were put on this planet to, to have dominion over your thoughts, to have a dominion over your emotions, to have dominion over your circumstances. You don't have to live being swayed to and fro by every wind of adversity or, or wave of popular opinion that comes your way. You can live according to a higher standard. Isaiah 55 says this, starting in verse 8, says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. I love that. This is God declaring, making a statement. He's not, he's not confused about this. He's saying, my ways aren't your ways. My thoughts aren't your thoughts, and your thoughts aren't my thoughts. We can't project onto God how things should be. He says, no, 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 you can come and, and submit your life to me, and then you will have true life. Then you will abound in every area. Um, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I don't always want to give in and concede to the fact that I'm wrong. But reality in life is often we're wrong and God never is. In Proverbs it says there is a way that seems right to man but in its end is death. So I'm walking along in life thinking this is right, this is good, this is what I need, this is helpful, this will get me to the fulfillment of my dreams. And the word of God says in its end is death because it's separating me from what God actually wants for my life. You know where it says you're under a curse, every one of you, because you don't bring to God what's God's. It's not saying that God curses you, it's saying I can't bless you. I think what I'm doing is right and I'm holding on to and I'm storing up. God's saying, no, 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 please don't do that because I have a better way. I have a higher way. I want to create provision and flow towards your life, but you have to step into my ways, my plan and my will. To succeed in life, like I was saying before, we can't just say the right things, we have to believe the right things, because we act out of what we ultimately believe. It doesn't matter what comes out of your mouth, I'll know what you truly believe by how you act in life. You can tell me you're full of faith and you're full of joy, and then I'll know that you're in fear based on what you do or do not do. Does that make sense? Our, our actions speak louder than our words in life, and, and I, want, I want to try and help us align how I live based on what God says. You know, uh, what are the right things? Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. I, I want to encourage us to be men and women of the word. I'm on, I'm on day 236 of the Bible reading plan in the year. That's not all I've read. I, I read the Bible. I read chapters of the Bible. I, I like taking the Bible in. But I'm doing the Bible reading program as a discipline because I need more of the Word of God going into my mind, shaping my thoughts, shaping my emotions, feeding my soul than I need my interactions in daily life because I come against Lord Bill 
that says you owe me $1,200 for your rates. And then I come against uh, Lord Tyres that says you owe me $600 for new tyres tomorrow because you're on racing slicks and you shouldn't be. I've, I've, got, I've got things coming from here and from here and from there. I need more of God's word in my life telling me who I am, telling me how I can live, telling me how I can overcome and how I can get through. I need more of that feeding my soul than I need the weight and pressure of society coming against me. And so do you. So do you. Christians should be the happiest people on the planet. We should be the most liberated, the most set free, the most generous, the most, it's all good because God's got my back. But how do I know that? Because in Matthew 6, it says, don't worry. Do you know the greatest message you could ever hear over your life is don't worry? And the, and the hardest thing to do in life is not worry. Because then we worry about not being worried. Should I be worried about something? Oh my gosh, now, now I'm worrying. I'm worrying. My, here's the deal. Fear, fear is, is unreasonable. Fear is out of order. Fear is dysfunctional. Fear is, you know, f- there's an ac- false evidence appearing real. I think it's something like 80%, 70%, 90%, I'm making up percents, but there's percentages that say that, that the things we fear will never, t- never actually happen. It's like 90% of the things we're worried about are never actually going to happen. But I lose sleep, I lose peace, I lose joy, I interact with people differently because I'm in fear and I'm acting out of that fear and, and now I've strained a relationship and that thing was never even going to happen. And then I say things I don't mean and then I, I do things I shouldn't do because I'm worried about something that may never happen. Why don't we go to that place of saying, God, you said you're for me and not against me. You said no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You said that, that you know the end from the beginning and you're standing out here in the end, looking back at time going, it's all good. I've worked all things together for your good. Come on through here. Come and join the party. Come out here and enjoy the blessing. Enjoy the open heaven. Enjoy the peace. Enjoy the health. Why don't you come? I know they're saying this back here. I know the doctor's telling you it's not good. I know, you know, I, I heard of a story the other day of a lady that was given three weeks to live. Unless you did, now the medication's kicked in. They're saying, you know what? You're responding really well. But back here, it was a death wish. Back here, it was, you're going to die. Out here, it's like, no, no, it's going to be, you know, length of days are going to be your crown. Why don't we let God be God in all of our circumstances? Why don't we let God, just take our hands off the wheel and say, God, you can drive this thing. I'm not even changing the gears. I'm not even doing the brakes. I'm in the passenger seat now. God, drive my life. I'm telling you, if we lived like that, we would live a lot happier, a lot freer, and a lot lighter. Amen? We need to discipline our minds and filter out whatever doesn't line up with the will of God. Um, and, and I don't know about you, but our minds are funny things. They play tricks on us. Like, you ever, you ever been in a stormy night and you hear scraping along the outside wall and somebody's coming to get you? Like, like I'm, I'm under attack. It's the aliens are here and I'm, I'm under attack. When reality, it was the wind was blowing, the palm tree that needs to be trimmed back was scraping along the side of the house but my mind is telling me something else is going on. Or have you ever seen that person looking at you and they're staring at you? So what the heck are you staring at me for? What have I done? We don't even know each other. And there's just this, this gaze, this stare. It's like, dude, like honestly, and now I'm getting annoyed. What are you looking at me for? I love Jesus and I should love you, but now I'm annoyed because you're staring at me when, when really they just forgot their glasses and they're trying to look at the sign behind you to see when the next bus comes. But I've played out this full scenario in my mind they're, you know, they're a CIA sniper and they're going to take me out. I don't even know why. I haven't done anything. I like people. I help people. Our mind plays funny things. But as funny as this is, how we think determines how we live. So when I let that thought run 
and I don't discipline myself to take that thing captive and cast it down, that's, that becomes my reality. Because then I, I, get this, I get this weird deal going on where everybody's against me and everybody's looking, and you're looking now, they're looking at me, and shivers now, they're looking at me, and it's not even a reality in our lives. We have to take our, our thoughts captive so we don't live defensively but proactively. God wants us to be producers, producers of life, producers of love, producers of generosity, producers of acceptance. How does the church go out in the world and be that bright shining light? How do we be salt and light in our community? We have to have right thoughts in our minds so we have right actions in our daily lives. Because when I think right, I act right. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a saying I once heard, which was, your attitude determines your altitude. Can I encourage you, if you're always negative and you're always down and you're ev- always, woe is me and life is tough, can I encourage you this morning to stop? Just stop. Just stop being negative and look to the positive. Just, the, the sun will rise again tomorrow. It, it will, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's not going to stop rising. And how high we rise in life ultimately is determined by how we think. Philippians 4 says this, it says, Rejoice, or, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. I love that. Rejoice, God is near. Rejoice, God is here. The Bible says that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. Have you ever felt like you've been left and you've been forsaken? It's like, where are you? He is right there in the midst of your situation. He is close. The Bible says that he sticks closer than a brother. That in your toughest moment, in your most challenging moment, when things seem the worst, God is the closest right then. He's with you and he just wants you to turn to him. The word says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Uh, and so I, I love this because then it goes on, the Lord is near, be anxious about nothing. God is close, fear nothing. There is nothing in your life that warrants your anxiety and your fear. God actually wants you to cast it to him. Do you know the Bible says that anything that's not of faith is sin? But it doesn't say anything that's bad is sin. It says anything that doesn't take God's participation in it is a sin in our lives because he so wants to be intimately involved in every area of our life. God wants to be involved in your day-to-day decision-making process. God wants you involved in, to be involved in your business, in your relationships, in, in, in your finances. God wants to be intimately involved because when he's there, there's no need to fear. There's no need to be anxious about anything. Uh, don't, be, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. How do you have your mind transformed? You stay connected to the one that does the transformation. Our fight in life is to stay connected, is to stay plugged in, is to stay re-energized and recharged. And I'm telling you, when I've been at my worst in life, I've been at my most disconnected. When I've been at my best, it's because I'm walking closely with Christ and he's speaking into my world and he's speaking into my heart and my spirit. He's revealing his truths and he's showing me the future that he has for me and, and the, you know, my world and the things that I care about the most. But life gets hard and life gets difficult when I disconnect from the God who created me a certain way. And uh, if we truly believe the Bible, most of us would live very differently. And this isn't a a word of condemnation this one this is guys let's believe the bible let's believe that this is the the inspired word of god that can help us and hold us in life 
Because what does it say? It says, fear not, for I am with you. Um, and who is with us? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one that spoke and created the heaven. He's with you right now. Fear not, for I am with you. Uh, you know, be not afraid. I am your shield, your, your mighty great reward. You know, in Jeremiah it says, uh, I am the Lord, the God of all creation. Is there anything too hard for me? And God's not confused about whether anything's too hard for him. He's saying, I need you to understand there is nothing that is too hard for me. There is nothing that you could ask of me. There's nothing that you're going through. There's no challenge that you're facing that I can't get you over, through, and lead you into victory. Ephesians, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine, to him be the glory. If we believe the word and we give God glory, our circumstances start to change. Firstly, it starts to change in our perception. Because when I look at things differently, we travel in life in the direction of our dominant thoughts. So if you're always allowing your dominant thoughts to go to fear and worry and anxiety and what will happen and what could happen and now I'm uncertain, that's exactly where you're going to end up. But when your, your, your vision and your focus is just hot, tuned in on, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. A greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. When I start to look at that, my mind starts to shift. And now there's possibilities where well, before there was impossibilities. Now, now there's, there's, there's peace where there was anxiety. Now things look very different because God has my mind. God has a hold of my emotions. He has a hold of my, he's the anchor of my soul. I'm grateful for God. I am I'm really grateful for God. Your life is always going to reflect your beliefs. And Henry Ford said, whether you think that you can or think that you can't, you're right. Because you'll convince yourself you can or you convince yourself you can't. You'll, you'll come up with possibilities, you'll come up with impossibilities. You, you'll come up with answers or you'll just keep coming up with problems. That, that overtake you and overcome you and become one of the worst things in life is the paralysis that comes through fear where I stop doing God wants you to journey Psalm 84 says blessed are those whose strength is in him who have set their heart on pilgrimage that a journey our life is meant to be journeyed out it's an adventure to be had God has graced you with your life your unique personality your skill sets your your passions the things that you like to do and God wants you to journey those things out into a place of blessing and freedom. And I don't know about you, but I, I, want, I want to put my mind on those things that are good, that are noble, that are holy, that are righteous, so that I travel in that direction. i got a friend in San Diego who is just a wild man. He, there is nothing he cannot do. He's uh, the head of the California Chiropractic Association. He has his own practice that sees 750 people a week. Um, he is the senior pastor of one of the campuses at San Diego that has 1,500 people in it. Uh, he's just starting three uh, restaurants. Uh, he's, you know, and he's, he's just like, this is awesome. This is unbelievable. I'm pumped. I'm excited. What are you doing? What are you doing? And, and he's excited about every single day. And before he goes to bed, he's writing down dreams and goals. When he wakes up in the morning, he's going over the dreams and goals. And then he's committing them to God. And then he's stepping them out. And it, there is nothing that can stop him. Right? There's other people I know that can't get out of bed in the morning because of worry about a hangnail that they had from 10 years ago that's got infected and now I've got a sore toe. And I, it's like we can overcome. We can break through. We can step into victory. We can, but it's all about the mind. So I want to encourage you this morning, again, think of those things that are causing you the greatest level of discomfort right now because we're going to take a hold of those. We fight not flesh and blood but principalities and powers. We're going to say, not today, devil. 
not today. You've come at me for long enough. You've waged war for long enough. But tonight, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to press back. I'm going to press in. And I'm going to say, God, if you're for me, nothing else can be against me. Come on. I might get the team to come back up if that's all right. But in Deuteronomy 30, it says this. Now listen. How often do you read the word, but you don't actually listen? How often does somebody preach, but you don't actually listen? You read to get through what you're reading. I, I, I read that today. I read Deuteronomy 30. I started in verse 15. I got all the way to verse 20, and I read that. Yeah, but what did it say? Because if you hear what it says, it says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. We may read with our eyes, but God wants to speak through the, His Spirit. He wants, to reveal, he wants to bring revelation to your life that transforms your world. It says, Today I'm giving you a choice between life and death between prosperity and disaster for i command you this day to love the lord your god to keep his commands decrees and regulations by walking in his ways if you do this you will live and multiply and the lord your god will bless you and the land you're about to and the land you're about to enter and occupy but if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen if you're drawn away to serve and worship other gods then i warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed uh, we will not live a long, you will not live a long good life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. I love that. This is the key to your life. So, so often we're searching for what's the meaning in life? What's the key to my life? What's my future look like? And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Fear is a choice. Stress is a choice. Joy is a choice. So today I'd encourage us all to choose wisely the land that you'll dwell in. And I love the fact that God gives us choices. I can live in 20 years ago and what happened to me and what wrong was done to me, and, but it, I'm the only one that's the prisoner of my thoughts. Or I can step into what I went through wasn't right, but it strengthened me for the day that I live in today. I'm a bigger person. I'm a better person. I've got greater understanding, greater wisdom in my life because of what I walked through. And God, I'm so grateful you didn't leave me where I was. You've taken me to where I am. You, you've, you've promised towards my future. And now I can walk in that. In, in 2 Corinthians 10, it says this. It says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In life, I'm going to believe my fear or I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe what I'm walking through. I'm going to believe what God said. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'm going to cause you to rise up. You might have come from a family where nobody's ever succeeded. From generation to generation, break it today. You may have come from a line where every, every relationship in your family has gone through divorce. Break it today. You don't have to. You might have gone through this thing of being gripped by fear and anxiety for the last 25 years. Somebody only has to look at you and you, you get sweaty palms. You, I, I probably pay, prayed for 500 people in the last month. And when I took a hold of their hands, they were, they were sweaty and clammy. And this is in the house of God. 
This is people walking around with fear that's debilitating and holding them back. And God says, I didn't create you that way. I created you whole. I create The only thing we're created to carry in life is the glory of God. Not fear, not anxiety, not guilt, not stress, not pain, not anger, not unforgiveness. The only thing you were created to carry in life is the glory of God. You know, and in Hebrews it says, because we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us just cast off every weight and sin. What's, what's the weight? Our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings. Let's cast it off. And let's, let's just run from those things that we do as a result of what we're carrying. Let's run with endurance, the race set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. One more scripture and then we're going to we're going to stand and we're going to pray. And I'm going, to, I'm going to invite you to come to the altar and just lay some things on the altar, whether we pray for you or not. I want you to have a moment where you encounter a good and loving God afresh. Or perhaps for the first time, you say, I'm laying down. I'm casting down. Do you know what I love about casting down? It's active. It's not passive. It's, you know what, I'm, I'm sick of this thing. I'm not, I'm not having this any. I'm casting it down. There are things that have been robbing you of your future in God. And, and they've been holding you bound and chains that have shackled you and, and you've lived through things that you shouldn't have lived through because you've been bound. And today I believe God is going to set you free. It says this in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I want you to believe this this morning. The Lord is your shepherd, there's no need for you to want. Your circumstances may not exactly reflect your desires, but as you attune your mind and you agree with God that His plans and His ways are perfect, you will end up finding that your dreams intersect with God's perfect timing right now or in the future or whenever it is because Ecclesiastes tells us there's a time and season for everything in God. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What are you sitting in right now that you should be walking through? Because the Lord is your shepherd, there's no need to want. And He's going to lead you through that valley, out the other side, into a place of victory and joy and peace. Amen. Can we just stand to our feet this morning? We're all human. We're all made of the same stuff. But you made your way into the house of God this morning. And the Bible tells us that the church is the gateway of heaven. Right here on this altar, heaven meets earth and earth meets heaven. And I want to see you set free this morning, not through anything that I do, but because God is faithful to His Word. He says, I am the Lord, I do not change. I'm the same yesterday, today and forever. So if He split the Red Sea and He freed the, the, the Israelites from the Egyptians and He brought three young Israeli boys out of a fire and He healed a woman who had been crippled with, with, with a disease for 18 years or He raised up a deaf man he can do for you today what you need. So we're going to worship. 
And I'm just going to ask you simply to make a declaration of it's a new day. I'm stepping into a new day. I'm stepping into God's goodness by thinking about that one thing that you want to cast down before the Lord this morning. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.